Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Business Leadership Live. I'm your host, Edwin Frondozo. Super excited. Actually, I'm really quite anxious, nervous and anxious, really, maybe a bit scared. I'm hosting my first live radio show on Helpful Dialogue platform and just going to have fun. I'll talk about business leadership. The idea of the show is to talk about business leadership, things that are affecting you or what's what's happening and, and, and what maybe get some some direct tips on, on your everyday life today. So today's guest for my first show, I'm so happy to have Dan Ferguson. He's the head of sales at Helpful. Dan, thank you for joining me. How's it, how's it going? Thanks for having me there, Edwin. Yeah, it's great to be here. And yes, uh, it's a really exciting time for us over at Helpful as we start to roll out this new platform, Dialogue, so people can have a bit more interaction. And uh, yeah, this is actually my first time as a guest on one of these shows as well, so super honored well, to be here. Well, I mean, like I tell my guests on my podcast, because I, surprisingly enough, uh, for the Business Leadership Podcast, I interview many executives, C-levels, um, and they always tell me, Edwin, I was your, I was, you were my first podcast. So I don't think you, me and Dan will ever forget our first dialogue, our first live on, live call and radio show. So let's just, let's just have fun. Let's, let's just play around. And if you are listening today, feel free to, to ask a question. You could, we could patch you in, we could dial you in and you could join the conversation or you can then type in a question. But, uh, today's topic we thought would be a, would be something interesting because all of us had them before or maybe maybe hope to have them or, or whatnot is what do you do when the cool boss gets fired? And I wanted to take this, Dan, maybe from two different points of view. I know you being in you know, within the within a sales organization, whether you maybe had a boss or you were the boss and where I want to take it today is what happens when the cool boss gets fired. So why don't, why don't we just start off with something recent? I know me and Dan just had a quick chat about this. Is uh, We're both sports fans. Um, in recent news, in Toronto, specifically Toronto Raptors, they had fired their head coach who just got nominated as head coach of the year, super cool, um, by his peers, Dwayne Casey, and he got fired. Um, so, Dan, I, I just wanted to put that to you, like, First off, what did you think about that, and, and, and how did they get to that position? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great example of what we're talking about today with a great leader that had been in Toronto for seven years, had a huge positive impact. I think anybody that has interacted with him always comes out in the media and says that Dwayne Casey is such a great guy, and he's thinking about you know how to grow the city and the team, uh, not just for himself, but for kind of the bigger purpose. And I think really it comes down to like looking at how he left, really. The letter to the city he wrote, it, it mentioned so many different things about the community, the diversity, uh, the culture of winning that he created. And there's a lot of people, I think, in Toronto that are shocked and maybe even a little bit appalled on the fact that we just had to fire the, the head coach of the year for the NDA. Um, yeah. Yeah. It really comes down to the fact that we needed to change. So, so, yeah, so although Dwayne Casey's awesome and he's a really good boss, um, when change needs to happen, our decisions need to be made like that. And so uh, I think over over the next little while, as we see it come out in the media uh, and see the players talk about you know how he interacted with them and grew him, uh, that change is really something that they're all accepting. Uh, and the fact that Dwayne is now moving on is, is a part of life, really. No, for sure. I mean, 
and, and I'm sure for Dwayne Casey, I, I love his leadership and, and that for me being a huge sports fan. And, and I'm sure for someone like Dwayne and the respect he has in, in, in the sports industry and, and even within business in terms of leadership and, and, and how you manage expectations and the high-level high talent, the best talent that you can have in the world, um, I don't feel bad for him, first off. He, I, he's pretty sure he's going to get a job. And he's learning a lot how to be, you know, almost a 60-team win or, or how to create amazing teams with the, with the parts that you have. And they may not be superstar level, right? You, might, you, can't, you can't get the best people in the world, and he was able to do that. And so great, great person. So my question to you, and maybe I want to get your thoughts on this, Dan, is, is like, have you ever been in that situation where you're like, you know, maybe not personally, or you've seen it through friends, colleagues, or or maybe someone, you know, where you had to make that hard decision, where you had to fire someone that A was likable and B was probably doing really good at their job. Yeah, so I've been in that situation a couple times. On um, I guess the the side of it where I'm on the team and I see it all happen um, from a boss perspective. Uh, my background is I worked for a Canadian technology company for about eight years where I was moving up in the sales organization and I had a whole bunch of different bosses. I was actually moving countries. I spent some time in Australia. And so I got exposure to about eight or nine bosses over that seven or eight year period. And so I can, I can totally appreciate where this is coming from. Um, and I think the, the place to start is like, what makes a cool boss? What are those things that, that really apply to creating an environment where people Kind of think you're cool, um, but that's not just a surface level thing. It's it's more deeper and can really impact your relationship with that person over five or ten years. And for me, it was kind of the the things that they did to make me feel or make me think or make me believe in the vision. Um, mm-hmm. And that comes down to things like emotional intelligence. I feel like when people can connect with you on a deeper level, you get that feeling that they're um, invested in you and you're invested in them, and that leads to a bit of mutual respect. When you get mutual respect, you start to think, oh, this is someone cool, someone who could be my mentor and someone who could support me throughout my career. And then the last part, which is especially big in the tech world, is is kind of around, like, getting people to buy into the culture. I like to call it drinking the Kool-Aid. And so mm-hmm. the coolest bosses for me have been the ones that provided that Kool-Aid to me, and not in a way that was kind of brainwashing, but in a way that made me believe in their vision and buy into what they wanted to do. And so that was always, always really important to me in, in thinking about what makes a cool boss. And then when the cool boss gets fired, obviously that kind of throws things into the lurch for a little bit. And there was a really good uh, graph on this that I'll actually tweet out uh, that talks about what day one looks like after that boss gets fired. So instantly people feel sympathy for them. Like you just mentioned to me, don't feel bad for Dwayne Casey because about halfway through the day, that sympathy goes down. And the fear for yourself and what happens next starts yeah. to go up. Uh, I love the part of the graph where it says, maybe I'll be the boss for about two hours in the day. And then the gossip level and anxiety level just goes through the roof and, and no work <laughs> being completed. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, it's, it's totally that. And for you seeing this, I guess, within organizations and whatnot, like what would you do, like hypothetically speaking, and this is a fun question I had with a with a past guest of mine on the Business Leadership Podcast, Cody Royal, and 
you know, he's the, he's the head coach of AFL Team Canada, which is Aussie football football rules football league, and totally we didn't script this out because when we aired his episode, um, doing in case he had just got fired a week before, but I had asked him if you were to come into the Raptors, what would you do, and how would you how would you change that? So I want to put that to you now that this has all happened. So if you were, not that you're a head coach or sports, but just hypothetically speaking, you are, what would you do if you went into that role, you know the pieces in place, and you know the success of the organization, and maybe the expectations where they want to take it? Like, what would you do? Yeah, I love the the thought experiments because I would love to be a head coach in maybe another life. Yeah. But I've been in this experience even as, like, the person just underneath the leader that's been fired, right? And there's there's a couple things that – I think you can do that are really strong to really help the team kind of live through that. And a couple of things you should definitely avoid doing. And so the number one thing I'd say to do is just keep holding it down. Like as if your boss was still there with you and you were still trying to impress him or still trying to live up to his expectations, um, kind of opting out of the culture when something like that just happens, because, you know, the fact of life, people get fired if they don't quit. And when you're trying to make something happen, things like that are going to change the direction of the company. So by holding it down and just being that really reliable person in the process uh, can really make it, it kind of less stressful on everybody and ensure that the company can move throughout it, whether that's a team or a business. Uh, the second thing I'd say is, you know, if it's a cool boss and if it's somebody that you respect and has bought into you and is really invested in your career, have their back. Like just because they leave, doesn't mean you can start gossiping and start to take credit for things that they've done or pushing credit for bad things onto them because they're not there. Like that doesn't mm-hmm. look good on anybody. And as somebody who's been like in that process and seeing people start to come in and say, oh, well, they should have done it this way. Um, you know, I, I don't give any respect to someone like that. It's just, you got to have people's back who are cool and you respect throughout your entire career because just like you said, Dwayne Casey could go down to the Pistons. That's not too far away someone's boss who you really had a great time with could hire you back in a couple of years. So gossiping is, it's not good to try and push yourself forward through a bad situation like that. No, I'm really interested. Yeah, go ahead. No, go on. Yeah. No, I mean, it's really interesting. It's stuff I, I talk about with a lot of guests uh, on my podcast, but I mean, if you're listening and you know, if you came into a new position and in a big organization, what, what are your steps? You know, I'd love to hear from you. Like, what are the steps that you do when you come into the new organization? Like, do you change it all up? Do you bring in your team? Do you fire? Uh, I'd like to know in terms of folks that are listening who who actually came into that situation, whether it's on, on the executive C level or maybe it's a middle management position or, or in a marketing department. You know, you brought in they, the stakeholders, bring you in because something is – you know, something something needs to be done or something needs to be improved. Um, one example I want to bring up, Dan, as I was talking, I was thinking my wife works in Starbucks, and they have a rule in Starbucks is if you're a new manager coming to the store, you don't move. Uh, I think I think it's what you don't move one of the racks for three months. So you just have to see how the culture of that store works before you even change anything within three months. So I thought that was very insightful for you know, for managers on that level to say, okay, I'm I'm new to this store. Let's just let's just let's just see how this whole thing rolls before I move anything or change anything. So anyone listening, if they have that sort of similar thing, and maybe Dan, for you coming into your new role, did you 
come in changing things, or did you have to see how things went and then and then improve as he went? Yeah, so I think it's really important not to come in with these preconceived expectations on what you're going to do or how you're going to make your change or bring your team in too quick because then you can get caught in a situation where you alienate yourself and you're the new guy with all the new answers uh, to problems that you truly don't understand yet. And so the first thing you need to do is understand what's working and what didn't work within the organization and how you can really learn why behind both those things. Because once you can realize, you know, these were the key employees that made it happen and maybe these were the ones that needed a bit of coaching and why they didn't get that coaching, then you can make your decision on, okay, we need to improve the type of development we're giving our team or maybe we need to remove someone and bring somebody in. Uh, I think all cool leaders should have, you know, a small following of very reliable individuals who will come with them from company to company or team to team. Uh, that's just a fact of people really wanting to work with the bosses and managers that they trust. Uh, and then the managers also, when you're getting brought in, you're expected to have a little bit of that kind of expert following from a group. So uh, I'm totally not against leaders bringing in their teams. I just think they shouldn't do it too early or it'll look like, you know, you just know how to solve every problem without totally jumping into it correctly. No, for sure. And you, and you could get to a point where you may be alienating the folks that are in place, right? Uh, especially if they're the subject matter expert or the people who've been running the show, right? It's like, who's this new guy in town? And he's just rocking the boat, trying to, try, trying to make waves in this new organization and like that. I mean, I, I think it's just an interesting situation because all of us have these bosses. And maybe if we even go to the flip side, how about the bosses that, that are terrible, like, 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 what happens to the organization at that point? Have you been in those type of situations where it's like, finally they fired him? Like, like what took so long, and, and why was he even in that position? Yeah, I've seen that a couple times too. And you know, people can come in and make a really big noise and talk about all the big changes that they're going to do and start to implement some of those. Uh, but yeah, if they don't think through that strategy and how it affects every single person someone's probably going to take them out and, you know, they won't last in the business that long. And that can have a huge impact on the team. Like if you bring in the wrong leader and you're taking out a cool boss, um, I wouldn't expect much of your team to stick around for too much longer because of the belief that they had in that original person. So uh, I think that can be a, a big mistake and one that can be avoided by just learning how they fit within the culture and solve the problems you're looking to solve. So things like, step-level interviews within a company where, say, the, the top boss comes in and interviews everyone in the lowest level in the company and learns from them how they feel that the business is working and not just their direct reports. Things like that can really open their eyes, uh, and I think that's important to take some time before making any decisions. No, for sure. Um, I think this is a great conversation we're having. I, I don't know if there's any anything else you wanted to bring up, Dan, or maybe if anyone who's listening if they have a certain story or something they want to share to everyone who's listening out there. I mean, uh, I, I think it's such an important topic. I mean, for anyone who's an emerging business leader or is in a leadership position today, you know, I, you may have that situation that's happening today, this present moment, right? So love to, love to hear it. You know, we could be anonymous if you want, for sure, 100%. But, uh, but I'd love to hear from you. But if not, Dan, um, 
I think this is a great platform. Is there anything else you you wanted to add in terms of in terms of this type of business leadership? Yeah, I think uh, just the state of Canada and Toronto itself is growing up to the point now where we have leaders, which is really cool. Um, before it tended to be, you know, look to the south or look overseas if you can bring somebody in who was, has done this before and can move into that leadership role. But in in Toronto especially, we now have companies that have grown up with people who were individual contributors that moved up into leadership roles. And I think now we're going to see more of this this kind of thing where there's actually a selection of leaders that companies can choose and which one fits best for their business. And like I said, that can be a very important financial decision for some of these companies uh, that are moving in. And I wouldn't take that decision lightly at all because yeah, I've seen both sides of it. You can be so inspired by a boss who can connect with you and be that cool person, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. especially for this younger generation coming in. You know, we're not looking for ping pong tables and stuff like that anymore. We're looking for people who we can connect ourselves to for five, ten years and go through the roller coasters of technology or sports or whatever it is. No, that's so the thing, I think. That's great. Awesome. So before we wrap up, Dan, any final thoughts for the emerging business leader today that you could share? Yeah, I think just take your time when you're getting into a role. Really take your time choosing the company, too, because it's you making that decision as well as them. Um, I would say, like, some of the big things to think about are around, like, what your fit is in terms of culturally, if you've done this before and you can come in as a subject matter expertise, and then what does the team look like and and how can you bring yours in. Um, There's a lot of pressure on people in senior-level roles now within, like, the first 90 days to make an impact. And I feel like a lot of people are coming in just trying to hit the ground running. Or the more thoughtful approach of maybe spend 30 of those days just aligning with the team and figuring out, you know, what are the best decisions that you could make and which ones would have a detriment. Because then when you get yourself in that position, maybe in the next 60 days uh, becomes the inflection point where the whole company takes off, right? No, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Dan, it's been a pleasure. Can you tell us where we could find more information about you, about Helpful, or anything else you want to share uh, to the audience today? Yeah. So I'm over at Helpful. Uh, we're a local Toronto startup. Um, we've got this platform here, Dialog. So we're actually onboarding new hosts for people that are interested in starting up their own show. Um, but you can also catch me on Twitter at Dan Ferg, T-A-N-F-R-G, or on LinkedIn. Dan, it's been a pleasure. And if you've been listening, if you have questions about the Dialog platform, I'd love to answer the question. If you are a subject matter expert and you want to join me on this platform, the Business Leadership Live, where we could share some of your expertise, some of your learning, or perhaps some something that most management or consultants or, or executives should be knowing or implementing today, like, for example, I'm reading the book Machine and Computer, and it's an AI book, like we're, you know, imagining what the future of work looks like, hit me up on LinkedIn. Twitter, love to have you on the show. Again, this is called the Business Leadership Live. My goal is to have a daily show. Uh, maybe it'll be an almost daily show, but uh, look out for it on all my social media platforms. Again, thank you for joining me today, Dan. Thank you again. It's been a blast, and we'll we'll talk soon. Hey, thanks, Edwin. Looking forward to the rest of your shows.
How was that?